Hi, do you want to come out and see the writers and creators and showrunners of your favorite shows that are not on TV, but are on alternative TV, like Netflix and Hulu? And do you also want to support 826LA? You can do that, both of those things, concurrently, on February 21st at a live writer's panel with Daredevil showrunners, our old pal, Doug Petrie, and his co-showrunner, Marco Ramirez, as well as Melissa Rosenberg, the creator and showrunner of Jessica Jones. She also wrote the Twilight movies, so we'll talk about those movies. Need more? Jason Kadams, creator of Parenthood and About a Boy and the showrunner of Friday Night Lights and the executive producer of the new Hulu series, The Path, which was created by Jessica Goldberg, who will also be there. This is a huge panel. I hope that all of you will come out and ask these guys questions and talk to them and watch me talk to them and watch them talk to each other. It'll be fun. Go to writerspanel.tumblr.com. I put the link up every day in every post. Writerspanel.tumblr.com. Or follow me on twitter.com, at Ben Blacker, and you will find the link for tickets. This is at the 826LA space in Echo Park, Los Angeles, California, America. And uh, seating is very limited. It's a small, cozy, intimate space. Synonyms. Who doesn't love them? Uh, so get your tickets soon. This is, once again, on February 21st, 5 to 7 p.m. Doesn't even ruin your day. In fact, it'll make your day. Hope to see you there. Writerspanel.tumblr.com Now entering Nerdist.com Today's episode is recorded at ATX Television Festival. This year's fest is June 9th through 12th, and you should be there. They've already announced really cool stuff, like an Everybody Loves Raymond reunion, Terriers, The Shield, uh, with a bunch of writers from that show, uh, sort of like you're about to hear today. Um, they've got Norman Lear. They've got Hart Hansen. Come on out. Go to atxfestival.com. Get your badge June 9th through 12th and come say hello. Let me introduce your moderator, Deborah Birnbaum. Hi, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. And it's my honor to introduce the esteemed creative team behind Rick and Morty, because you are not here to hear me, hear me or hear me talk about anything. Um, Dan Harmon, Justin Roiland, and Ryan Ridley. Let's bring them out. <laughs> oh, we need to... Uh... Hello, check. 
check? Oh, Everyone working? <laughs> Hi guys, how's it going? You said it was packed. It's not packed. Well, I was, I was, I was doing a bit. Oh. oh. And this is how it's going to go for me, isn't it? <laughs> so let's start at the beginning. How'd you guys come up with the idea for the show? Uh. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I made a short uh, that was sort of a spoof of Back to the Future um, after coming off of a show that I felt very creatively stifled. Uh, I was a producer on it, and um, I was just blowing off some steam, and I, I, did the, I did just a Marty McFly, Rick, you know, or sorry, Marty McFly doc uh, voices, and, uh, and that was in 2006, and then I just kept doing those characters, and they started to took on a life of their own and I started plugging those voices into a bunch of projects and then uh, one day out of the blue Harmon called me and just said hey Adult Swim wants to do a show do, do, you, do you have anything and I was like well what about what about those voices I keep trying to put in everything I pitch <laughs> and sell and he's like ah, yeah 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 and then that's that's sort of the fast and dirty version of, of, of what led us to, to where we are yeah and Mr. Harmon what did you think of that idea? I thought it was great. I mean, uh, there's no such thing as a bad idea, honestly. It, 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 people make that mistake all the time. I remember when the the press releases about community getting sold came out and everybody's you know, sardonically going like, oh, oh, what a dumb idea. A lawyer goes to community. It's, a, it's not the idea. It's the, the TV is not a place for invention, you know. It's a place for execution. Um, and uh, so I, and the important thing is to find find joy, is to follow bliss. And I know when Justin does those voices – there's something really powerful happening for him, or maybe I should say something really comfortable. Religious, almost. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's just like, I've compared it to like a heartbeat, like it's because it's like I think because he can go back and forth doing the two voices, he can just he can just talk as those. And I think it's it's not like they're the most amazing, uh, you know. It's 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 not Rich Little doing yeah. John Wayne and then yeah. Inspector Clouseau. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's it's but it's it's just it's just the the heart clenches and goes, and then it releases and goes. <laughs> um, and, and and there's something resonant about that. And Justin, like, if if something is if something is happening automatically like that, that is causing joy. And when you hear those voices, you want to do them. It's like that's the thing that's hard to create, not a dumb idea, you know. Like, so I I I, I, I as soon as he said those voices, I was like, okay, great. That's that's a great firefly to build a jar around. That's how that works, right? You build the jar yeah, around serenity firefly. <laughs> Perfect metaphor, huh? Yeah. yeah. So, what did you learn from the experience of doing the first season? Um, <laughs> season one was was really just fun, you know. I mean, it was just like uh, we were we, we we didn't have any expectations. We didn't have any uh, you know people online talking and 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 theorizing. It was just we were in a vacuum. Uh, you know, we've we've known each other for like over like ten years, more than ten years, right? Yeah. So we've been friends and making stuff together uh, for years, and uh, it, it was the same as, as as it always was. And then, and then, I don't know if we learned anything in season one, other than we're having fun, we're making stuff. We should have learned that. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't really <laughs> that notice that lesson, until yeah. we did season two. Now we're as we sit and talk about a possible season three, we're we're uh, we're, we're we're realizing that what we didn't learn from season one is to have fun. Yeah. I think I just I'm, pre- I'm implying that season two is going to suck and be joyless. It's not. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's good. It's good. It's, it's good. just the process was. I, I think it's like season twos are are, are, are automatically you get inside well, yourself. Season one, Dan and Justin and I and our whole group of friends from Channel One Hundred and One that Dan started, we just have been making stuff for free 
and Rob uh, together for years, different web series and podcasts and stuff like that. And no one gives you notes on those, obviously. And Rick and Morty season one was the closest that I've ever experienced to just like, oh, I'm making stuff with my friends because we don't get really any notes. Maybe one less shit. We'll get thoughts. We'll get like really good. We'll get really good thoughts. Yeah, and, and like, then a, like things from like Lazo always has like a little, like a thought, and then and then we can take it and run with it and do what we please. But yeah, yeah. but it's not like what certainly what you went through and. The first couple of years of community, yeah, there was like no, real political pressure from networks and stuff. So it just felt like making stuff with your friends, and then you put on TV and like, whoa, people are actually unlike Channel One Hundred and One. There's actually a lot of people watching, yeah, and people seeing. You this know stuff. what I mean? And it's cool. And then season two, we maybe try to turn it more into like, oh, well, it's a real TV show, so let's hire a bunch of writers and let's turn it more. And you know, it's like we just kind of found out like, oh, it's kind of more fun when it's just the friends. Yeah, yeah. you know, right. So we learned a lot more from. Season two. <laughs> then we did from season one. Season yeah. two, the learning. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sounds like it's going to be a great season two. <laughs> what, watch our on-the-job training. It's going to be like the second Matrix movie. You know, you like know? when you no, go, no, we'll, no, we'll come back good. in the third one <laughs> like they did. Everyone loves that third Matrix movie. <laughs> it's the only one worth watching. <laughs> the third one. And, and I know what the answer to this question is, but I have to ask, do you have any boundaries? Is there anything you won't make fun of? Vaccination. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're very anti-vaccination. Like, yeah, stay it's away. Like it's not a joke. Don't uh, vaccinate your babies. <laughs> just, just, you just, kidding me? I mean, who cares if there's 300 million people we need to bring crawling back on top of each other? Just... <laughs> If what about the diseases? If you're rich, just 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 squeeze out a baby and just lay it in the dirt and <laughs> whatever whatever it gets, just give it to everyone else. Yeah, bring it around. Take go it to, to Disneyland. Disneyland with yeah. It. Yeah. yeah, take yeah. it to Disneyland. Um, <laughs> let's find out how small a world it really is. <laughs> um, the, have the, it puke on people. <laughs> I love that we have a ten minute riff on vaccination. No, but um, seriously, vaccinate your kid. What, what are, are there? Ba- no, there are no boundaries. I mean, I famously on uh, famously <laughs> just use the adverb famously to refer I famously. to something. I, did. I famously had a sandwich this morning. Um, I I, um, I I learned on Community that that and I, I, it's a, it's this is a touchy thing, but it's an important example. Like we, the the first paintball episode on Community st- was a direct result of a conversation that I started where I said, like what what are we not supposed to do? Like what? Let's just as a thought experiment. Let's let's ask: Are there any boundaries? Um, you know, if it's Down syndrome or what? What is it like? What what won't we touch? What are we unwilling to go near in this room? And someone threw out school shootings, um, and and I was like, "Yep, that's a really good example." And and then we st- and then I was like, "Okay, so like, what is it? But but could you could you? Is there a way to do school shootings?" <laughs> Degrassi and and, did and it. that conversation developed into. Now, obviously, we're not doing anything. It's not deriving any energy from Columbine, but it, that conversation started with one of the most off-limits conversation topics in television and ended with, uh, with a wonderful, joyful, absolutely non-school shooting episode of Community that was just an homage to action films. But um, anyway, so, so, so absolutely not, especially... At, I mean, in the writer's room, yeah, you, you, you put no limits on... or There's no boundaries in the writer's room. Like, like yeah, that's a great example of, 
I mean, horrible things are said in writers' room. Yeah, we, <laughs> that will turn into something potentially could turn into something great. So yeah, I mean, um, if you if you, if there was a transcript or an affidavit, which we've seen, I mean, like the, yeah, the friends thing, the Remember friends that? writers' Remember room, that? like like when they, they were like now that stuff does not translate well to affidavits. Like, <laughs> no, but, we don't want to see no, that. It doesn't read as well on text form. Uh, it's, 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 it's like Larry room. King reading Eminem lyrics. You know, it's just. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I, <laughs> I I I can't remember any Eminem lyrics. I was about to do an impression of it, but yeah. but but the um I, the writers have to they absolutely have to be totally like we have to go to all the places that you can't you're not supposed to go. It's it's the only thing that I think that's because it's the only thing it's the only way to make ourselves laugh. And, it's the only thing laugh. we have left. <laughs> and 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 if the writers aren't laughing, um, then. Yeah, you're not you're not gonna find anything at all. Then you're just like joylessly executing like some kind of paint by numbers thing. It's yeah. like the writers have to get that chemical released in their blood that happens when you laugh. Kind of getting that. I don't know if it's endorphins or uh, yeah, endorphins, mighty morphins or mighty morphin <laughs> power endorphins. Uh, <laughs> vaccinations got to get. You gotta, you gotta get those, gotta vaccinations, get those vaccinations out of your systems. <laughs> Every day before work, we'd get a vaccination, and it was like release all those morphins, mighty morphins, into our blood. Given how far ahead that you have to work, given the the production cycle of animation, how quickly can you react to news or respond to news at all, if at all? Oh, that's you know we're, we're we try to keep the stories really evergreen and away from that stuff because we're not South Park. You know, right. it's, we, we we were making a joke that we should do a documentary called Twelve Months to Air. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, like really boring, which and like is long. like yeah. And in the eleventh month, we find out South Park just did three episodes about yeah, yeah. about what we were going to do yeah, it about. Exactly. Like I, I yeah, what I did the uh, the uh, why do I keep forcing community into this panel? Um, it's that, a but, therapy session. It's fine. We did the, uh, we did that. We did a we did a story about them. Their emails getting hacked. Uh, it was obviously based on the fact that all anyone was talking about was the Sony hack. Um, and the only reason I was willing to do it is because South Park was absolutely out, like de- oh, dark. Yeah. Like, 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 like yeah. there was, there was, was I calculated because seriously, like South Park can go into operation and in yeah. six hours. Um, scoop you on social satire of any kind. Um, so, like, and, and it just seems like every time we would ever talk about anything topical, yep. even even not not even like up to the minute, but just even like political points of view, like th- like anytime we go near the area of satire of any kind, inevitably during the brainstorming of that story, someone says South Park did it, yeah. like, because that's what they do. So yeah. we, it's actually a great excuse for us to keep it really Willy Wonka-ish, you know, yeah. just stay in the realm of fantasy. Yeah, I mean, the, the Lawnmower Dog episode, we didn't even realize that South... I, mean, like I guess we... I mean, I, I, hindsight I knew, but I forgot that they did an Inception thing and that and, Freddy Krueger was in it. Yeah, and then it was just like, and, and we didn't. I, I never saw that episode, but then like we we're posting the show. It's gonna air soon, and we're like, we discover that South Park did an Inception thing, and I and, and I that Freddy Krueger was in it. Freddy, Freddy fucking Krueger's in it. So I, I send it to Harmon. I, I I still have not watched it. I was so freak. I was like, I'm not gonna watch this. I'm not gonna watch it. It's better than ours. Um, but uh, they really nailed you. But, but I, 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 st- I still haven't watched it, and Harmon watched it, and it's like, ah. Well, it doesn't. Different. I mean, it's, it doesn't matter. But I was just like, oh, South Park. It's just the fact that they did it makes us feel hacky. Yeah, you know? I mean, like, yeah. The last thing we want to do. Is also, like, let me make it clear to answer that question. None of us really 
barely pay attention to what's going on in the world. That's true. <laughs> no, Ju- no, Justin true. couldn't name one senator. I yeah. guarantee it. Ah. Rand Powell. Rand Powell. Rand Powell. Rand Powell. Um, it, it, but but but, but I, I do think it's noteworthy though that because I I have dumb like political rants that I go off on like about how capitalism is uh, bad because mm-hmm. I'm so rich. Uh, uh, the 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 but 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 like and then and then as soon as we start talking about oh how could we address that metaphorically in Rick and Morty it's like the answer is something that South Park's yeah, done yeah 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 like whether it's like the fact that the bipartisan system is stupid or the the money is bad or Walmart or anything like it's it's South Park did it. We we spent uh, two days breaking a story and and then at the end of the second day uh mike mcmahon one of our writers was like i think i think this is starting to get pretty close to a south park episode and we (laughs) had to throw out two days of work because we literally were going to tell the same like this very similar story it's the best episodes are when you pull some insane nonsense that trey parker couldn't conceive of you know what i mean like it just comes from so specifically your world and it's chaos, like the Meeseeks episode started out as this just insanity. And then we in the room and Dan's, the way his mind works, shaping it to something that's really cool and makes sense, but it's definitely not a commentary on anything. <laughs> yeah, the Unless there's something I'm missing in the Meeseeks episode. Uh, a, a, a trenchant uh, investigation of diarrhea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly what the world needed. But you do have a good relationship with The Simpsons. Can you talk about how the couch gag happened? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, Much to my surprise and, and uh, joy, I, I kept hearing from mutual friends and just people that, that uh, Matt Groening and the Simpsons guys were fans of the show, uh, which, I, which was just surreal to me to even hear. And then I called Lazo uh, when we were putting together the extras for the season one DVD. I wanted to try to get people that we were fans of to do commentary tracks. So we got Robert Kirkman, Penn, Penn Ward. Uh, Robert Kirkman obviously created a show called the Dead People, The Dead Walkers? <laughs> the Dead People. I'm just kidding. Uh, and then Penn Ward uh, is Adventure Time. And then I wanted to see if we could get, you know, after hearing all these rumors, uh, Matt Groening. So I called Lazo, who's friends with Matt, and I said, do you think he'd do this? And he's like, why don't you call him up? Gave me his number, and I talked to him. And the, the phone call was like, it was like two minutes or maybe a minute of me starting the call saying... Uh, I, I'm a huge like I, I'm a, such a big fan. I'm 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 in, I'm just overwhelmed that I'm talking to you on the phone. This is so surreal. I grew up like your show influenced me in so many ways. Blah blah blah. It was a minute of that before he turned it around, and then it was 20 minutes of him. He wouldn't let me get another word in about Simpsons. He just kept talking about Rick and Morty. And it was so weird. Um, and I remember hanging up, and, and he agreed to do the, he's like, I'll do the You commentary. hung up on him? And then I hung up. I was like, God damn it, you're talking too much about this show I'm working on. I'm tired. Uh, no, uh, we hung up, and then I ran upstairs into the writer's room, and I told you right away. I was like, oh, I, I just got off the phone. Dan's like behind the computer writing a draft of an episode. I'm outside on the phone with uh, Matt Groening. But, uh... But yeah, and he agreed to do the, the, the commentary, and then on the commentary, Al Jean offered us the couch gag. And then our line producer, Mendel, who worked on the first five seasons of The Simpsons as their line producer, and he was on Tracy Ullman, um, he called Al and was like, is that a sincere offer? And he's like, yep. And then I was like, let's do it. Let's do it. Like, and it's crazy. We're a season one show. Season two is not even aired yet, and we have a couch gag on The Simpsons. It's insane. 
and I still haven't wrapped my head around it really. Like, it'll be a while before I kind of get out of this bubble and kind of... Flying too close to the sun, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. To be honest. It's a really tempting fate. Yeah. yeah. It's like 10,000 shoes are going to drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Just get ready. Season two is going to suck. Suck. <laughs> Worst season ever. Not get, on, since... get on 4chan and start posting about how shitty it is right Not now. Not since Heroes. Not since Heroes season two. <laughs> Since you got any heroes creators in the audience? <laughs> How much attention do you pay to fan reaction and what fans have to say online? Um, I I uh, I'm pretty good with it. Like I I take it with a grain of salt. I mean, everyone with the you know the anonymity anonymity. Yeah, that's the word. Anonymity. For the first season, he was he was he couldn't find any negative comments, so he anonymously logged into 4chan and started a negative comment thread, going like, "This Rick and Morty sucks." Like, like, let's talk about how much it sucks because. I don't. I wouldn't go on. I wouldn't go on to 4chan really to, to look for like 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 opinions about humanity. Like, <laughs> let alone 4chan, something I was why working I go on. 4chan t- to read about uh, our show is because on 4chan it, that's the only place you're going to get the most brutal like, and sometimes like not even sincere. They're just angry and mean, and they and it's it's. I don't know. I I, I, I gravitate towards the negative. So. But he's right. Like, yeah, I was going on there, and I was like, fuck this show. Rick and Morty's a shit. Fucking main character's voices suck. I was, like, making the worst comments. Um, and I, Because I felt like somehow it protected me. Like, when I read a real, like, other person's bad comment, I'm like, well, well I've said worse. That was kinder than what I said about myself. Um, I don't think I'm going to do that ever again. I kind of got that out of my system. <laughs> I can't, I, I don't, I can't look at anything anymore. I've stopped, like, I, you know, I can't, I, I used to be obsessed with it. I was, because I was narcissistic, and I'm still narcissistic, but it's like, I can't, some, something about the community experience has, like, made me. Harmon goes read. nuts. There's days in the writer's room where he's, like, screaming, uh, because of tweets and shit. Oh, There was yeah. a day where, where, I, where I was outside, the, I heard you screaming, what's going on? I, what, and then what, I walked in and, and you were talking about Twitter and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought you were yelling at somebody. In well, the wasn't that, that was, that was because there was a fan that was like, yes, uh, yes, yes. He thought that I stood him up at a, <laughs> at a bar and he was like melting down and I was, yeah, I don't know. That's, I was screaming because I'm a caring person. No, he was, he was. It was. It was like he was doing a bit. I mean, you were screaming. It was. It was. It, it was, was ranting. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. firmly. But it sounded so like for like real anger, and I was like, "What the fuck is going?" on? <laughs> I'm very funny. Uh, he commits. He commits when. He's but I can't. Yeah, all I. I'm only on Twitter, and now actually, I just recently deleted my Twitter app, but for just to take a little break. But um, I can't. I can't go any deeper than that because I feel like. I feel like that's the most honest or most proportionate kind of response you can get from one person is a tweet because that's just a little bigger than a laugh or a boo. You know, it's just a bumper sticker sized sentiment. So most of it is just like, you know, the most you can say is season six sucks, you know, or, or you're fat. And, you know, it's it's like it's that you can't really penetrate, you know, the way that a 10 paragraph essay about where Rick and Morty lost its way. You know, <laughs> I, I, if I read that, it'll oh just like, God, I'll, I'll, like that. it'll it'll affect the fun. I mean, that Ryan yeah, was talking yeah. about. It's like, uh, yeah. So I know you've been busy trashing season two, but can you tell us <laughs> things that we can look forward to with season two? Um Seriously, no. Season two is awesome. Uh, it really is. Like we, we, there's episodes that are far better than season yeah, one. In yeah. fact, I think season one we could have done another pass on a couple 
episode. Right. Okay. <laughs> you, you didn't season. like the Titanic story? <laughs> Maybe we'll George Lucas it and go and fix it later. Season two, the highs are higher. What was our lowest low in season one? I want to hear. You want to know my opinion? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What's your opinion? I mean, you guys are going to disagree. Go ahead. Get ugly up here. That 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 planet of the nineties stand-up comedy references about. I really love that episode. I love that episode. The sex sex robot episode. Agree uh, to disagree. I love that episode. <laughs> I, I mean, it's um, so. What a, were your lowest of the lows in season one? Uh, I I I don't think I, I like every episode in season one. I love for different reasons. Uh, I know Harmon was worried about the scammer episode. Because it was, it, I mean, it, it, that was the episode, that was like the white whale. I mean, we, we spent so much time. That's the one where David Cross's alien character yeah, is yeah. like simulating, like trying to trick Rick with simulations. And it was so hard to, to, to make sure that we didn't have any loose sweater threads from a plot perspective on that episode. Because so much is going on, like Jerry's suit is on when when the when the, the the larger simulation goes down and it's like and then his suit disappears when the final it's like all these crazy details we had to figure out but um uh but but it but but it worked. I was just worried for a while about the fact that the, the, the concept was so thick that it that unlike other episodes we had to spend the first like what three four minutes yeah. of the episode just explaining things? Yeah, and and I was really worried about that. It just felt like like cardinal sin. And well, we're, we're trying to service the sci-fi story, you know. So it's not just a thin premise. I mean, maybe the weaker episodes are when it's like, oh, it's a Jurassic Park spoof. I get it. Yeah. But then we're like, we actually that we want to tell a story that could be a sci-fi story on its own and happen to have jokes. Yeah. So when you want to make the sci-fi story good, you got to really look at the you know make sure it holds up. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I'm uncomfortable when the audience knows less than the, the, than there's the, the, when the audience is like either ahead or behind the that that playhead yeah. of of the narrative. Like I want the audience to experience everything at the exact same time as it's happening. But anyways, I I, I was concerned about that structurally, but I did, I thought that was one of our better episodes. I uh, I, I I always I, I could only think of the Titanic story when I think of. <laughs> Like, yeah, the last. I just, one. I just think the house party Titanic. Yeah, I think we're just. Yeah. I don't know. We're better than that. Like, yeah. I, it's just, and I know it's probably like my idea. I love. No, it was. We, we had a board. So we literally the had a hundred ideas on a board, yeah. and then through democracy, like we narrowed oh, yeah, down to that like, one. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't mean it was the best one. It was just the one that everyone. By the way, one of the ideas. On. Yeah. one of the ideas on the board was uh, big haircut or something. No, like, big city yeah. haircut. Big Jer- city Jerry haircut. goes to the big city to get his haircut, yeah. which is such a better yeah. idea. Yeah. It was like, I was like, what, what, he pitched me the story, big city haircut. What? There's a. There's a. There, there, was a, there was a day when, when we, Justin wasn't in the room and he comes in and we had a bunch of ideas, like one line on the board, you know, big city haircut, you know, Beth, Beth breaks her leg, whatever. And Justin goes through and he starts <laughs> improvising yeah. the scene that this would be is, uh, in Rick and Morty's voice. any idea what. And I go, uh, uh, Rick and Morty go to a carnival. Oh, hey, 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 Morty, let's go to a carnival. Boy, Rick, I love, uh, you know, churros. <laughs> and then he would improvise it. <laughs> To the point where it was the worst idea in the world. Yeah, like, yeah fuck that. It was like right. Justin's and then tyranny. Go, next. And we'll be like, next? 
you just made it bad. You, like you, we're can't. not gonna write it like yeah, that. Yeah, they're not gonna just talk about churros. Yeah, uh, Morty, uh, these churros are delicious. Cheese, oh, Rick. Oh, I'm so glad this we're at a carnival. Boy, it's really here. great that we're at a carnival, Morty. Isn't it great? We would have taken more Boy, left turns in your ad-libbing led the audience to believe. I yeah, actually, Rick, let's get out. I, I want to go on record and say that that process, which we did not do in season two. That actually, like, wasn't that kind of fruitful? I yeah, mean, I guess yes, we're saying that, that's yes, how we ended yes. up with Titanic, but... Yeah, but no, but that's... I love that Titanic thing. It's amazing to me. <laughs> the reverse Titanic, it's like... Uh, it's so funny. Like, uh, it's a disaster because it doesn't sink. It's so great. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> they miss the iceberg. I love it. I love it. It's a disaster. <laughs> and now there's a real... Do you know, did you read the article? In China, they built a real replica of the Titanic that is going to sink and hit an iceberg and fake sink. Really? I, it's exactly what we oh. wrote. <laughs> Google it. I'm not making it up. It just, the news just came out like two days ago. I think they're Rick and Morty fans. It's so weird. I don't trust the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> they steal everything, including our story that we did that you hate. So back to my original question. What can we look forward to in season two? <laughs> right, right. Oh, uh, All right. Why? Uh, I'll keep trying. <laughs> jokes? No, um, I don't know. A lot we... of awesome guest casting. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about the guest cast. Right. Uh, Let's we talk can... about everybody but Stephen Colbert. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got, we got Mr. Colbert, who's yeah. amazing. He uh, plays Rick's arch nemesis, or his, the first time Rick encounters someone as brilliant as him. And he hates it. And, uh, and as Dan says, it could be our con character. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. come back in 20 years. Yeah. Um, Keith David's in it. He's amazing. <laughs> he plays the president of the United States. He is our president. He's our president. He plays two characters. He plays the president in one episode. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and he plays reverse giraffe. Reverse giraffe, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's a giraffe with a short, short neck. neck and uh, long... long. Body. body, yeah. So he just yeah. looks like a schnauzer. Yeah. You all know me. I'm reverse giraffe. <laughs> I've got a short neck and a long body. <laughs> um, yeah, Keith, so Keith, Keith plays the president. I, 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 I was a big like proponent of like because um, I remember I, 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 I didn't watch Doctor Who as religiously as Schraub did, but uh, I know that Doctor Who in the Tom B- Baker years, um, he had there was this like lieutenant character that worked for like the British military that was always calling on Doctor Who to like have him help him. So it's, it, so Doctor Who could go anywhere in any in, any time and place, but then every once in a while the British government would be like, "We need help with the Loch Ness monster," you know, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 so I just I, I really wanted to do to establish in season two that the American government like could sometimes like n- knows who Rick is and could solicit his aid. Um, cause I think that's really cool. That's yeah. a great episode. I love it. Um, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's kind of musical that episode. Yeah. We actually have a clip. That's the clip. Oh, is it? Am I jumping the gun here? Now or? Oh yeah. yeah. Just, uh, just uh, a beautifully organic. David, David, uh, we literally happens. have a scene with Keith David that I wasn't even thinking show. that. It's a good president. <laughs> And that was uh, Clarence Boddicker as the oh, yeah. general. Yeah, yeah, from RoboCop. And uh, yeah, that sixty show, show oh, 70, <laughs> 70s. 80s. Can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> Kids don't get it; they don't know. <laughs> to them, RoboCop's just some weird leaping black robot <laughs> yeah. made of nanotechnology really or something. That thing. 
So given that you've got a president of the show, it makes me ask, does Rick and Morty have a political point of view? Uh, hardcore Republican, <laughs> right wing. I see that. No, no, no. I, I, no. Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I probably... I think he's above that. He's just like, who gives a shit? I think, <laughs> yeah. I things to deal with out here. Well, I think, yeah, I think the show probably... If the, if the show had a political leaning, it would probably be anarchist. Uh, yeah. but, because <laughs> yes. it doesn't seem... Yeah. Likely, when you watch Rick and Morty, you don't come away with a feeling that mankind just needs the right government. Yeah, no, there's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> and, of, and another aspect of season two is introducing the government of space. Basically, we right. introduce them, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. we find we out. We do that thing, like the big giant shark that you talked yeah. about. There's a big shark in the center of the universe, and we're gonna jump over it <laughs> in season two. It's gonna be great. We're introducing the Galactic Federation. <laughs> Stay away. Well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, 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 I don't know. We, we, we didn't, it's not, it's not like a big, it's not like, uh, you know, uh, in Farscape where it's like, oh, geez, we got to really worry about this every episode. It's not like it the black goo in X-Files or the yeah, bees yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. their mythology stuff was. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a little, little sprinkling of a, of a serialized element that pays off in the finale yeah. in the best episode of the season. Hmm. Yeah, mark my not, words. Not so you didn't like you didn't like the men and women planet, but you you really think that last episode of season two is good, huh? <laughs> Weirdo. I mean, it wasn't about the standard premises of like leaving the toilet seat up or I whatever. I knew this was going to happen. I thought it was a. I mean, all right. It's fine. healthy to have this kind of. You all know, right. what if I was just like a, a sycophant? That's what you want. No. Everything you do is brilliant, Dan. No. <laughs> Can't go wrong. That's how you end up like M. Night Shyamalan. Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> is that really what I happened? I keep you real, man. Is that really what happened with Shyamalan? Well, know. guess what? In the most ironic twist of all, I am M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> oh, my God. You never saw it coming. It's a great ending. I was M. Night the whole time. Think about it. Remember? Oh, yeah. Remember all those bitches? Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, yeah. Well, wait. How does that, how is that episode getting laid at my doorstep now? Like, we all worked on it. <laughs> yeah. Listen, go, oh, who knows? No, we all, yeah. But, you know, the question was, what was my least favorite all episode? All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I think more positive. What was your favorite episode? Which one's, is my name on? <laughs> uh, I love the Council of Ricks episode because I love the that was the first one that really broke open kind of the mythology of the world a little bit and that, you know yeah that's a great anytime episode. an episode plays like a little movie sort of cinematically like the second one in this in the second season is sort of like a mini movie those are my favorite episodes the ones that kind of like have that cinematic scope I always I, I always like the interdimensional cable episode <laughs> it's my favorite just because uh, it's got such a really like I mean, there's an abortion storyline, uh, which is just so grounded and like like emotionally driven. And then there's on the other side, just like insanity. Uh, it, it's just I and we love try it. it again in the second season. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. You'll be the judge. But uh, I love those episodes. Dan, mm. what about you? What's, What's my favorite episode from season one? Hmm. I know that I know that you really 
did love the. I mean, I, I love the, I love the men women planet yeah, one. Yeah, 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 but yeah. Particularly because I love both stories in combination. The, the, <laughs> the other the other story is Morty g- g- goes through all the stages of parenthood uh, in one afternoon with this <laughs> alien creature that's actually his biological child, uh, and, and it, but it's growing at an accelerated rate, and it's it was I don't know it was and, and then you're intercutting between that and this really it was the first time that Rick and Summer went on an adventure yeah. together and yep. I really loved that dynamic I I, I, I love uh, Summer saving saving R- R- Rick's life by explaining to these women that, that, that it's okay for a, a planet to be co-run by men and women because that's the only way you can have gay men and gay <laughs> men are the, the solution to My everything top. Yeah, I don't know. What was the top? What was the brand again? Uh, Mark Jacobs. Yeah, didn't Mark Jacobs tweet? He did. Uh, you yeah, or yeah. somebody? Uh, they tweeted a picture of somewhere on the top, uh, and it, it wasn't Mark Jacobs' uh, personal account. It was like Mark Jacobs International or whatever, and mm-hmm. it was like they have like millions of followers on Twitter, mm-hmm. and we were like, "Oh my god, this is crazy!" Yeah, I guess I Mark Jacobs it. liked that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. good enough for him. Yeah. What does he know? <laughs> Um, Did they send you lots of Mark Jacobs stuff? No, no. I didn't ask. I, uh, believe me, as soon as this is done, <laughs> reaching out. Uh, but it was a real Mark Jacobs top. Like, we actually, like, took one of his tops and drew it on Summer, and I think that's why they tweeted it, because it's like, oh, this is, this, is, this is my top I designed. That's how Mark Jacobs sounds, if you've ever met him. <laughs> the top I designed. It's beautiful. I, lo- I, I love it that women have tops instead of shirts. I think that's it. <laughs> That's it's so that's so amazing. I, what do you think of my top? <laughs> that's a great top, Justin. Thank you. <laughs> what about my bottom? <laughs> so, my bottoms. And Dan, I know you're wearing a themed top. I I do. I have a. You mean the theme of dandruff? <laughs> <laughs> I was referring to Rick and Morty for sure. <laughs> I don't know if those were crumbs or beard dandruff, but yeah, I'm gonna. Is this an official Rick and Morty yeah, shirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People well, can buy well, it. No, 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 no. That's, that's a crew shirt. That's, like yeah. the crew, that's for the cast and crew. There's a bunch of shirts coming out, right, that yeah, people yeah, yeah. can actually buy? Yeah, Friday. yeah. There's a bunch of, like, they're sort of rolling out a bunch of great And shirts. dolls. Yeah, we got, a, we got some dolls coming. We got some stuff you can throw your money at. I was trying to be organic, but sure. <laughs> Go with the theme. So back to Rick and Summer. Can we look forward to more exploring of their sibling rivalry? Yeah, uh, you mean su- su- Summer and Morty's sibling rivalry? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry, Summer and Morty. Yeah, there's more. There's there's a little more of that. There's yeah. a little more Summer and Rick's relationship. There's more. Yeah, it, it, we we mix up the characters a little more. We got a little. We got, we got a couple of Summer Morty Rick storylines where the the three of them are together, which is kind of exciting and fun. And there's an interesting dynamic that we discovered in season two. If you throw uh, uh, Summer in the mix, she's just such a different personality than Morty and deals with Rick so differently. Yeah, it's like, well, Morty, Morty holds Rick accountable to, like, like sort of ethically. Like, like, geez, I don't know if we should you know, yeah. should be doing that, like, which is like kind of a moralistic implication. But Summer just holds him accountable on being a dick. Like, like, she's like, Grandpa, you're being a dick. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is a, it's a different thing. Like, Morty never worries about whether he's being a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she also, so she also so doesn't great. want his respect as much as Morty right. does. Yeah, like, she doesn't she care. doesn't about, care. Yeah. yeah, and he's, and he's, and he also, is like very misogynistically like like he's mean to her uh, in, in, in a more glo- even more gloves off way like he just disregards Morty's safety and stuff but he like he kind of digs at Summer like in sexist yeah. ways and like 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 that, that in a way that makes it seem like Rick maybe 
maybe there's more at stake for him. Uh, maybe because he's sexist or maybe because he loves Summer. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, it's, a, it's a fun dynamic. And Spencer Grammer is, I mean, that's, that's the real reason for that yeah. character getting more dimensionalized yeah. is because Spencer Grammer's yeah, performance. Yeah, great. How much so do you good. write to the voice actors? How much do they bring to it? I mean, I, I think, like, it, you know, in the beginning we didn't, and then a couple episodes in after we started actually recording, we started to write specifically uh, Summer or Spencer. Um, we, were, we were, I mean, she started to get more airtime or just more storylines because we were hearing her on the radio plays, and, and she's so good. Um, and just, yeah, we were like, oh, this character's got a lot more depth than we ever would have imagined, you know, just hearing her talk and act and, and play the play the part of Summer informed us in the writer's room. And, like, we need to do more with this. Uh, I think it started with that, that, that little, that, that moment in, um, where she's like, you're such a dick. It, it's in uh, uh, the, the, the uh, Cronenberg episode where everyone gets, what is that one? The Love Potion episode. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, like, the, that, that little moment where she's just calling him out, you know, like, <laughs> You're such a dick. Right. Oh, yeah, because he exploited Jerry's jealousy. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just that, that little moment. And then hearing her do it, we're like, oh, man, Summer's, uh, let's do more with her. And anyway, so, yeah, season two, we do a ton. Probably too much. Isn't that it's right? A bad season. Too bad much. Season. We jumped the shark. <laughs> <laughs> and we need to have a moment for poor Jerry. Will Jerry ever win? <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Depends. When, maybe he'll win like a, a prize at a Midway Carnival. <laughs> I, I really relate with Jerry. Oh, yeah. I mean, me too. Jerry is definitely all of, all of, uh, all of my beta maleness. <laughs> <laughs> is he based on someone in someone's life that you're getting out your aggression on? Is this no, <laughs> not, I mean, is he? No, not no, really. I mean, right? just ourselves, I think. We yeah. just sort of like, it's us beating up on ourselves. Like, he's, he's. He's like if Charlie Brown grew up and married out of his league, you know. <laughs> uh, that's true. And that's the that's the whole central that's the central idea when we were writing the pilot. We made that decision to make Rick the 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 mother's father. Uh, it suddenly it made us realize because I had a I had a big issue with I said this this show can be as absurd as we want it to be, but there has to be this like there has to be a reason why even though Rick is always getting yelled at for traipsing off with Morty and doing like hazardous things with him, there has to be this fundamental reason why he'll always be able to keep doing it. Why you, why you wouldn't ask why doesn't somebody just, why doesn't, you know, kick him out. And the, and the answer is it became, Oh, he's, he's the, the, the Beth's father and Beth is, has higher status than Jerry in the household and she she fetishizes exceptionality, so she would never kick her father out of the house. And she, in her wildest dreams, Morty would become another Rick. Um, and that's the unhealthy part of Beth. And I love the fact that the because I grew up in in a in a constantly breaking and sometimes broken and then repatched home. Like for my entire childhood, my parents were always on the verge of divorce, and it was. It, it, there is such a thing as a as an unchanging static state called constantly almost about to break up as a family, um, which I which I think is really fun. I think that the the the, the marriage, it's. It, it, <laughs> I had no idea it came from such a close. Uh, I, my, my, I, I never, I never got to taste my ten year old, my tenth birthday cake because my mom threw it at my dad. 
Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. I got, I got, I got a. She looks around the room, and that was the best thing she could think of to throw out your dad. Happy birthday! It feels like she went out of her way to ruin your birthday. Well, they were arguing about like the maybe the number of candles. Maybe they forgot how old I was, and they're like nine, no ten. I don't know. But I, because I was in the other room, I was, I was, I'd gotten a Dungeons and Dragons book for my birthday. And then it, something was happening in the kitchen, and then I heard something crash, and then my mom very sheepishly came in the bedroom and said, I threw your cake at your father. So, happy birthday, and I'll get you some ding-dongs. And she got me some ding-dongs. They were great, you know? Yeah. I'm sure her cake would have sucked. She was Did a terrible cook. Did you see your dad with the cake? But no, I don't think I don't think she hit him. I think she if she had hit him, there would be yeah, maybe yeah, licked my dad for my birthday. Like I think she missed. Routine. He'd walk in with white frosting. Hey, sorry. <laughs> the candles are just on his head. Still lit. Remember that? Remember that creep show about Father's Day, where the guy comes in the end and he's got the head and his. Yeah. It's Father's Day, and I got my cake. Because everybody knows that's a big tradition on Father's Day. <laughs> the Father's Day cake. <laughs> that old chestnut. <laughs> no one makes their dad a Father's Day cake. That's your birthday. That's a birthday. Do you think it was a birthday story and then at the last minute somebody had a note? Or I don't know. Or maybe, or maybe in the original one it's like, it's Father's Day and I got my tie. <laughs> but the tie was like a ligament. Heads or, don't look good yeah, on ties. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't make a tie out of a head. It, yeah. <laughs> make it taut and then have a severed head kind of resting on it as you carried it in. Uh, I guess you just tie we it need to change head. this. Okay. <laughs> I want to let you guys try. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Anyone have any questions they want to ask? Go ahead. Uh, I'm curious about some of y'all's uh, sci-fi influences because there's so much science fiction in Rick and Morty. Like, what are some of the sci-fi that you love? I mean, my biggest influences that I'm that for this show as a writer are Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I grew up reading, and um, uh, Doctor Who, which I don't actually watch that religiously, but through my friendship with Rob Schraub, I've gotten so much Doctor Who mythology, like like put in my head. But uh, I, but mine's Farscape, and then the Bruce Covell when I was really young, the My Teachers in Alien series, and all the books he wrote, which are great, they hold up. I'm kidding. I don't know if they hold up. I haven't read them in a while. But uh, I plan to read them. I got the hardcovers. I don't know. What else? uh, Oh, oh. um, Star Trek? Much. uh, A little bit. Uh, Stuff like um, Explorers. I don't know. I just... I'm trying to think of like cool, like uh, you're trying to get more obscure. Well, no, no. I'm just trying to think of like stuff like really, like what really, what really did influence me. Um, You guys ever see that movie Terror Vision? God, really? Nobody? Oh, it's Wrong so with you good. People. It's so good. Um, yeah, I don't know. Terrorvision. <laughs> Watch it. It's good. What about Terrorvision? <laughs> I don't know, but that movie... That movie I watched that movie when it came out. I was very young, and that movie has stuck with me. And I, and I rewatched it, and it's so... Weird. I rewatched it recently. Is it just an anthology? No, no, no. It's 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 a it's like this very campy, uh, uh, like sort of all. The, it's all. I think it's all shot on a soundstage. It's, it's like a family. This uh, 
they buy this really fancy, expensive satellite dish. And then this this alien guy... At the same time, an alien civilization is zapping one of their greatest criminals into space via, yeah. like, like, TV... Sending it out. Yeah, sending it out. And, and then, then so it gets caught in their yeah. satellite dish, and then it's able to move effortlessly through the TVs and come out of the TV, and it's this amazing, like, practical effects monster creature. It's... Uh, I actually... Uh, the guy... Those big, giant testicle monsters uh, in the House Party episode... Mm-hmm. I, I told McDermott, like, rip off the monster from TerraVision in the face, you know? And he sort of, I mean, it's different, but I was like, just here, here, like, make him look like that. Uh, and, and cover them in testicles. Yeah, and then just put <laughs> testicles all Actually, you don't even them. have to say that anymore, right? It's just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> everything yeah. is covered. No, yeah. now, I'm like, now I'm like, eh, maybe less testicles. <laughs> yeah. Season one, I was like, test, put testicles on everything. And then, yeah, now it's like, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> can you Brian, just take them you? off their face so I can see that they have eyes? Yeah, like the flowers have testicles now. Yeah, everything has. It's, <laughs> what, what, what about you, Ryan? What are your influences? Oh, Sci fi. Follow that, please. God. I mean, I, I, I like it all. Testicles. Judge Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Love Judge Judy. You like you like Star Trek? I like Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Who invaders okay, from Mars? Safe, this is the safe place. It's fine. <laughs> Do you like Star Wars? Yeah, I like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are the guys called? The bad guys? The Sith. <laughs> Nerd alert. <laughs> I thought you'd say stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. They're mere tools. They have mito, mitochondriac. What is it? What's the thing that Lucas was like? They have in their blood? Mitochondrians. Oh, <laughs> they have mitochondria DNA. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Uh, next question. Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be shy now. Yeah, no, all that stuff's coming up. <laughs> like, you know, in the next ten years No, it's or not. So. <laughs> <laughs> we just uh, didn't have enough footage. No, no, no. So we I had mean, to make up. We, we're, we're doing a thing uh, every season where we're going to mix in real uh, episode stuff and then stuff that's totally complete bullshit. That we don't have to actually see. think of a story for. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Just so, a funny image. So get ready. Season two, you're going to have to sit down and go, okay, what, what is real and what is not real in these opening credits? You won't know until the last episode airs. And maybe one season it'll all be real. <laughs> one and it'll all be fake. <laughs> yep. You can't trust us. <laughs> what about that? Most of it was improvised, uh, and the process was just me drinking Hennessy in the voice booth with, uh, on the other side of the glass, uh, Abed and Weissel, all the, uh, like these guys. That real are, Abed. Yeah, real Abed. Real um, Weissel. And uh, these guys that are just like insane in the best way possible, uh, pitching their weird ideas and then me just going, okay. And it then like, was oh. what I was describing earlier, except yeah. it was just real human beings going, uh, how about this idea, sir? And then he would either riff it 
something good because he liked it or horrible because he hated it. But even or the, but sometimes, sometimes the lines like, blurred. <laughs> yeah, sometimes like I, I get I'm like what? All right, yeah. and I, oh, you know, like the the tr- uh, the the trunk people one was one where I was like, uh, and 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 then as the day goes on, I get drunker and drunker. And it's and then like it's just diminishing returns. It gets worse and worse. And then in some cases, amazing. Uh, but there'd also be you know Dan or, or me or somebody would be in the booth yeah, yeah, yeah. and and start going okay now take it in this direction now take it in that yeah, direction. yeah 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 and, and yeah I mean it, it, so so but the 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 beauty of it is there'll be these like you know little I don't know just improv scenes that take us all of five minutes sometimes a little longer to to do. And then we send them off. We take them and launch them to a board guy and then an animation team that has to, like, work for months <laughs> making it a cartoon. Um, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing, like, the, the amount of effort that goes into something that, would, that took a minute. You know, yeah. It's like, ah, I'm crazy. Maloopies. I'm somersaulting. Check me out. Yeah. Now I'm doing a cartwheel. And then some guy has to animate all that. Like, oh, he's a fucking cartwheel now. He's cartwheeling. And it's like, you know, and I feel really bad. <laughs> but it's really good. It's funny. Next. We should have brought the devil back. <laughs> um, there, there, I mean, maybe the devil could come back. He, it's yeah. Justin, who is the voice of the devil? Alfred Molina. Uh, everyone knows Alfred Molina, right? He was Dr. Octopus and Indiana Jones. The day he came in, Justin had no idea who he was. <laughs> he kept saying, who's this Alan Molina guy? I'm like, fucking Alfred Molina. Look at IMDb. Have you seen Boogie Nights? He's like, it's true. No, I haven't, actually. I'm like, oh, my God. You know what, though? I... I I do better directing when uh, when he's not. When I don't yeah. know who, that they're super so amazing. To Justin, he was just a fifty-year-old British guy <laughs> who, 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 by the way, was an amazing voice actor who took direction really well and uh, was easy to work with. Um, I think my that's favorite, all I knew. My favorite line of the season is the devil saying, "I'm kind of souped out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so great. <laughs> How do you cast your voice actors? Um, a lot of it is uh, Degrassi. Degrassi. Uh, like, are, were they on Degrassi? Okay, cast. Um, They're all Alfred Molina's on Degrassi to Justin. <laughs> yeah, I got more excited about Cassie's 50, feel 16 year old Alfred Molina's. Uh, uh, Alfred Molina. But uh, we, 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 we have a great casting team. Uh, um, uh, God, I'm blanking. Uh, uh, Ruth, Ruth, uh, Bader. Lambert, she needs a lot of steam. You know? Anyways, whatever. So, <laughs> so they'll, 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 br- they'll bring people to me, but we'll, we'll cast like from shows that we love. So we got like, uh, people from Farscape, people from Degrassi, uh, video game, like Nolan North does voices. And then, um, just like legendary animation guys, like, uh, uh, Maurice LaMarche, Rob Paulson, Tom Kinney. Uh, these guys are so versatile. They come in. They can do s- just countless voices. And, uh, and they're always a pleasure to work with. Those guys are the mainstays. They keep coming back, you know, across both seasons. Um, but, but when we're stunt casting, it's always like, like who do we want to work with? Who do we love? Um, you know, I, I keep squeezing into grassy people. 
<laughs> I love Degrassi so much. It's so it's so bad that it's amazing. Uh, I don't know. We'll go like, hey, who should play the devil? Patrick Stewart, or you know, somebody in Game of Thrones, and then nine people can't do it. Yeah, and then. Hey, take, take that, Molina. Molina. <laughs> <laughs> a single gunshot from I the just... back. <laughs> we, we, we got so lucky with Molina. He is so good as that character. Has um, it gotten easier from season t- one to season two? You know, it's, uh, he, th- I think the change going into season two is that we had less time uh, to... or uh, I didn't spend as much time really thinking about casting. I sort of, it, was sort of, it was sort of kind of uh, just crazy it was like everything was happening so fast and i'd go into a casting meeting and season one i'd have all these characters like i'd have the the breakdown with a bunch of names and ideas and season two i'd go in with a blank breakdown and i'd be like uh (laughs) hold on let me go run into the writer's room real quick hey uh, what do you think about you know like uh, this person for this part are we really not allowed to talk about certain Voice cast because there's one story I want to tell. Really? One story. Oh man, where's Wendy? At? So where's we, Wendy? We, uh, we there is a character, a very small character who I don't know. I think you were just jokingly riffing Werner Herzog's voice for this like crocodile alien, <laughs> a very small part, and then suddenly we started going. Well, we should try to get Werner Herzog, and and of course, by the way, since then he's been cast in nine thousand comedies. But this is before he was uh, exploited. But um, so we, we reached out, and, we, and, we, and, and the word back was, uh, he'll do it, but for no less than $1,000. <laughs> the bare minimum that anyone gets paid to come to a voice is $915. Yeah, that's scale. That's scale. So, he's so like, he, <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> my services will require more than this that. This isn't my first rodeo. <laughs> So he comes in, and the first thing he says is, uh, so what is his character? He's some sort of alien being or something. He wants to know. He actually wants to see the show. So Dan opens up a laptop and plays him, and we got a picture of uh, Werner Herzog, like, Mm. scrutinizing an episode of... It's very humorous. I see Mm. it. They they talk like regular people, but they're in space. I get it. (laughs) This is all for real. It was like, like, imagine every fantasy you could have about Werner Herzog coming in and doing a voice for your cartoon. And it goes on. There's more. Then he does the voice, and he's like really into it. By the way, he does a monologue about a penis. I don't know if that's... (laughs) And he's like, like, I think I can hit it harder here, and I think it's funny if I say penis like this here. Just the best experience. We get done... He just sits down on the couch and hangs out for a half hour, yeah. and just one just talking to us about his movies. Yeah. Just stands like that movie. Uh, what's that? The I just talked to him about. Um, uh, God, now I'm forgetting the movie. Bear. The most important documentary no. that our act of killing, the act of killing, yeah, yeah. Uh, which he executive produced. Um, uh, you, 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 everyone on the planet has to see this documentary. It's not. It's not a fun. It's not a popcorn movie, but it is. Probably one of the most important documentaries that's ever been made. Um, uh, but and he executive produced it, and he, yeah, he just told stories about that and how how the ending was his idea and stuff. He has like this kind of like so he t- he told this story about how he was uh, on the I was on the Colbert Report, <laughs> and did you know it was my idea to call it uh, the, the the Report because I was on the show. <laughs> 
And Stephen comes by, and I said, you know, is it is it Colbert or Colbert? And and he said, it's Colbert. It's the French. And I and I said, well, you should call it Colbert Report. And he's like, and he and Stephen said, ah, we should use that idea. And I, and I was like, wait, were you on the Daily Show? And he's like, this no, is the, the third the... season of the Colbert Report. But it was already he okay. Thinks, he thinks just because Colbert, you can just picture Colbert like dryly going like, you know what? That's a good idea. <laughs> And just walking away, like, Herzog was just like, I did it again. I <laughs> Everything I touch. <laughs> um, he was amazing. But it was like, I, I, but, and then there, there, there was the thing, remember, where he was like, he's like, so what would you like me to do with the character? And I said, you know, it could just, it could just be you. He's like, me? <laughs> and I, and I, was, I, I was like, well, you know, I mean, like, like the way when you're narrating your uh, your movies, you know, just just if you just do it in that style. And he's like, well, that is not me. That is an effective like, oh, ooh, wow, wow. <laughs> All right, I understand. I didn't. We didn't. You're not here because of because you're not like this. Uh, like, okay, let's have this conversation about reality and are, aren't out. we all just performing? <laughs> um, okay, and then we got and then we got to it. But then yeah, and then he was like insisting on like I can hit the word penis more. I think it will be funnier. Uh, I amazing. mean, there are people way less legendary than Werner Herzog that come in, and the second they're done, they're just like, out the door. Yeah. He's just like, so now we just bullshit for a while? Is that how it goes? We're like, yeah, that's usually how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but then you asked him for a picture, and I swear he seemed kind of bummed out. I didn't give a fuck, man. I got a picture of the Werner Herzog. <laughs> I feel like in the picture, you could see... It's like Ryan. It's me and Ryan standing there with Herzog, and like Ryan's thumb is up, and my fist is up because I put my thumb up to to mimic Ryan, and I saw. But then I looked and saw Werner Herzog looking at Ryan's thumb and and being bummed out, and I was like, Oh no, the thumb! It's too it's too bougie! It's too bougie for him. And so and so in the picture, Ryan's going, and, and, and I'm going. And then you crop me out and put it on your Instagram. I cropped him out. <laughs> cropped you out. Yep, that's. Yeah. Do you have that picture? Hell yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm, I, I I missed the whole Werner Herzog thing. <laughs> I missed. Did you do you know who he is? Uh, I, I apparently he made a movie or something. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds weird. <laughs> Sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> He's from Tennessee. <laughs> the best brick brisket in the county. Mm, this brisket is so tantalizing. <laughs> I found it curious that the brisket, which sounds like a form of bread, was actually meat. <laughs> brisket. Harmon, you could have just done the... It the sounds like the word biscuit. Well, that, but it's meat. Well, speak, speaking of that... Yeah, Dan, uh, we, we, we have a, oh, uh, well, that episode, well, are we not well, allowed well, to... Uh, all right, yeah, I don't know. I'm a rogue, that. man. Don't, 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 <laughs> I'm a maverick. We're not talking about that. All right. He does great impressions, and they're well utilized throughout yeah. season two. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's true. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. Um, the, to to, speaking of seeing stuff, do, do, does everybody know that we're showing, we're oh, doing uh, screenings? Yeah, at the Alamo Draft House. Uh, in a few hours. I don't know. What time? Do you know the time? 7 and 9.30? 7 and 9. Um, get there early 
Or but, or don't if this room is any yeah, indication. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be just fine. Um, you get, get, we're showing two full episodes just, from season two. Just show up and you can. You'll be in the front row. <laughs> and then we're gonna try an experiment where uh, I'm gonna draw and do the voices of the characters, but my Morty voice is destroyed. It's so bad, right? Because of your behavior last night. Because of my behavior last night. If anyone has any questions about that. Yeah. Or saw him on the How come Morty sounds all messed up? What would what would the conversation between Rick and Morty sound like about 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 your behavior last night? (laughs) Morty, what were you doing last night? Oh jeez, Rick. I was running around and like getting into trouble. Boy, Morty, you sound uh sound a little rough there. Your voice sounds a little raw. (laughs) Yeah, I was doing a lot of screaming. I I promised myself I wouldn't. Uh, oh boy, Morty, you sound like uh, the college version of you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It sounds sounds like I'm in college because how rough my voice is. I love how critical you are, but the Rick voice is totally phoned in. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm kind of phoned. The Rick the voice is just like, hey, it's me, Rick. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Uh, it's about 82 uh, degrees here in Austin. Uh, I was going to say it, but... Coming up are the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a sorry. regular guy. Hanging hey, out. it's me, Rick. How's it going? I'm Rick. <laughs> All right, let me try again. Morty. Take two. Is that better? Take yeah. two. Morty, what are you doing, Morty? We got we to gotta get the hell out of here, Morty. Oh, jeez, Rick. My voice is all messed up. Been doing a lot of screaming last night. <laughs> Morty, you're supposed to go on and talk to people. You know, on the TV thing. Oh, jeez, Rick, my voice is all done up. <laughs> my voice and, is all messed and up. And that's why Dan writes most of the material that's actually <laughs> on the show. <laughs> because, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd be left with that. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> thank you all for coming. I hope you all join us tonight for the screening. <laughs> Thanks to the fantastic creators of the show. It's been awesome. Thank, thank you, you, Deborah Birnbaum. Thank you. Thank Birnbaum. you, guys. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com.